treating onboarding like a feature is an important thing to do so that your your onboarding flow really aligns with you know what customers want today and not what they wanted six months ago. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Experience, where we give you an inside look behind the top product-led experiences. I'm your co-host, Ramley John. My other co-host, Lila Rizal, is away on vacation, so I'm going to be hosting this one on my own. Really, the guest for today is super amazing. He is an expert when it comes to activation and improving free-to-paid Kareem Mayan has previously worked at ESPN and focusing on just activation, he was able to increase their revenue by over 25% in just six months. He's going solo and worked on his own business now. He's worked with companies like Predictable Revenue, Headphones.com, and like I mentioned, ESPN. Right now, he's working on a business called Savio, and we're going to dig into how he set up their setup and onboarding flow to really optimize for activation. Let's jump into my chat with Kareem. You've seen it in your in the companies that you've worked with in the past, even with your clients. Why is it so important to improve the free tri- uh, the trial to paid conversion uh, for, for folks and really get to know what that is for them? Yeah, so if, if you're running a SaaS business, it's uh, you know this goes back to Dave McClure's SaaS metrics for pirates uh, presentation in. I don't even know, 2007, but it's, he basically outlines the five major levers to grow a SaaS business. So there's acquisition, activation, retention, revenue, and referral. And so uh, trial paid conversion really hits on the activation piece. Uh, and so, you know, for every hundred customers who sign up for a trial, uh, if you're converting five uh, versus 25, you know, you're just going to make a lot less money downstream. So it's one of the major levers really to, to focus on to grow your SaaS business. Yeah, totally makes sense. I mean, who doesn't want to get paid, right? I think that the word paid is there alone. And if you have a bunch <laughs> of trial, trial, trialers trying it out and, you know, they're not converting to paying, like, you're not, make, you're not making money. Right? Exactly. What are you doing this for in the first place, right? Right. Totally right. I think that I hope that's clear to folks who are tuning in, like why it's so important. Another question you probably get asked a lot in uh, we also get asked this question is around like what what makes a good what's a good trial to paid conversion to, to aim for and I'm I'm gonna guess that it really depends on the industry but like do you have any like benchmarks that you see uh, for for different companies especially for for that metric? Yeah, so it's, totally it totally depends, Ramley. The um, the major factor uh, that I see out there is card whether you're taking a credit card upfront during the trial or whether you're not taking a credit card upfront. Um, up, taking a card up front has fallen a bit out of fashion. Um, I ran a business a decade ago that took cards up front and had a, an 85% trial to paid conversion rate. So like when you take a card up front, the, the intention of the customer of the trial rather to convert is, is pretty high because that's a lot of friction you're asking for up front. Um, I've seen for card up front, I've seen in the 60 to 90% range um, for no card up front, which is a lot more common these days. 25% is usually achievable for most product-led SaaS companies. I've seen uh, 40% in exceptional cases with a with a great product and great onboarding. Um, but I'd say most folks that you know that I work with in my consulting are, are in the five to 15% range, and they want to bump that up to to 20 to 25%. Wow, uh, 65%. <laughs> I mean, that was probably an exception there, but you're totally right. I think it really good good point you made that it really depends on whether you're asking for a credit card upfront because. If somebody's put in the credit card, they're probably more likely to they're a little bit more serious because they have to actually add, the added friction of putting in the credit card uh, is is a little bit of motivation to actually try out the product. Is that what you're seeing? Totally, that's exactly right. Like it's uh, a lot of it is about intention, and you know we can get into if relevant um, 
traffic sources and intention behind the traffic, you know, that that uh, delivers your signups. But if you think about the intention of somebody when they're filling out a signup form, signing up for a product, you know, giving somebody a credit card is a very strong sign of high intent that they're a serious trial that could actually conceive of paying you um, or you know, would like to pay you if your problem, if your product solves their problem. Totally right. Yeah, I w we'll get into the, <clears throat> the intent that you're talking a little bit about. And it might lead to the next question uh, that another, you know, folks might ask you, um, we get to ask a lot as well. It's like, what are some reasons for, for low, like traffic and trial to paid conversion rate? Like, let's say the clients you're working with that is below 5%. What are the yeah. obvious ones that you're seeing? Like, you know, it could be the traffic problem where like they have bad quality traffic, or it could be other ones. I'm curious what you're seeing in terms of common reasons for that. Yeah, totally. So like stepping back a bit, high level, when somebody signs up for your service, they've got a goal, right? The trialer has a goal. They're dissatisfied with the state of the world. Your marketing site has, has sold them the dream about what the world is going to look like when you, you know, when you sign up for their service and, uh, or sorry, when they sign up for your service uh, and, and pay you. And so if your app doesn't deliver on that promise, um, they will be disappointed because the state of the world is still the old crappy one and not the new awesome one. And that obviously means trials will be a lot less likely to convert. So you sort of got to ask, okay, well, why, you know, how are you failing to deliver on the promise? So a couple of things. the main reason is really like your app, your user has a desired outcome that they want and your app doesn't deliver on that. And so what are some reasons for that? Well, as you mentioned, you know, uh, the traffic source could be low intent. So, you know, if you run an email marketing company, you're, run, you're running MailChimp uh, and organic traffic is a source of trial for you. Somebody who searches for the term email marketing is, uh, you know, a lot, they have a lot lower intent. They're less likely to convert than somebody who searches for something like, you know, send drip emails to my, you know, to my SaaS trials, right? They have a very specific problem and they're looking for a solution to that problem. So, you know, low intent traffic. I mean, uh, your marketing site can set the wrong expectations. So you, your marketing site can be talking to one scenario uh, and painting a picture of something that your app doesn't deliver on. Um, another really common reason is you don't, you have an idea of what the customer's desired outcome is. We haven't really unpacked that, uh, like to, to really understand it in sort of depth and be able to talk to their problems in a way that's going to resonate. Um, to others, you understand what the customer's desired outcome is, but your app doesn't deliver it. So the UX needs to be, you know, changed and tweaked. That's pretty common too. Um, and then the other piece is your app delivers on the customer's desired outcome, but there's too much friction. Uh, and it's not totally clear to trials why they should take the steps outlined, you know, the, the, in your onboarding flow, sort of why, you know, you're asking them to do X, Y, and Z. And if they do X, Y, and Z, it'll help, but they're not sure why they should do X, Y, and Z. It just seems really painful. So, you know, th there's sort of a, obviously a lot more reasons, but like those are some broad buckets that I see when, when I'm out there working with, with product-led folks in the wild. I love like a lot of those reasons is rooted in one of the frameworks you presented on your site, which is like one of the first things you help use, you know, clients with is really understanding uh, why your users signing up. Uh, is that, you know, can you talk a little bit about that process? Like, let's say, you know, you have a client or somebody comes up to you, hey, hey, Kareem, my trial to pay this like one, one percent. And that's like really bad. What, what are some, yeah. what, how do you help them work through like improving that, that trial to paid conversion? Yeah. So, so um, there's three steps that I walk folks through. So the first is identifying who your customer segments are and what their desired outcomes are. So like, who are they and what do they care about? Why are they, why would they possibly conceive of signing up for your, uh, for your app? Um, the second is if you, you know, if you're going concerned, you're not a brand new, you know, pre-product company, 
um, uh, we, you, we look at your product usage data and we say, okay, let's look at your successful customers and what they did do and didn't do. And then let's look at your unconverted or even churned customers and what they did do and didn't do. And usually it's a very rough sort of analysis, but it gives you a nice heuristic about the key actions in your app that customers need to take uh, in order to achieve success and convert. Um, we look at that data and we square it with any qualitative data you have. So like one of the first things I recommend doing, if you're not doing this already, uh, is the minute a customer hits, um, sign up on your sign up form, you know, they fill their email address and password is to ask them, you know, what are you hoping to achieve here? Why did you sign up for, you know, Acme Co SAS today, uh, and just get qualitative answers. And so when you look at the product usage analysis and square it with your qualitative, you know, answers, you can quite clearly see patterns around, you know, what customers, what successful customers do. Uh, and then the last step is to use all that insight to inform your UX and change it so that when somebody signs up, you can then walk them through the key actions they need to take, help them uh, understand motivators to get through the key actions. So like adding an, or connecting an integration is a good example. Like it's scary to connect an integration. So you explain things like, you know, we don't use any of your data. It's only going to take, you know, three clicks. It's not going to take five minutes. You can disconnect anytime you want. You can delete your data anytime we want. So it's sort of like giving them uh, comfort uh, to go ahead and, and take those difficult, you know, steps during your your onboarding flow. That makes a that all makes a, a ton of sense. I love, like I said, I love how you're starting off with really understanding why your users are coming into the, the app first and really helping them achieve. Because a common mistake I see is like, oh, I trial to pay this terrible. Let's slap on a product to <laughs> Like uh, what is that? I'm curious, like what are some common mistakes? Like for me, that's like one of the things that always, always gets me. Oh, let's just slap on this tool here. Any other common mistakes you, you see, like, oh, I trialed the page and we did this thing. And it's like, and you're just like, why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, honestly, the first thing is they're not measuring it at all. Like I see that out there in the wild, what's your trial to pay? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, so just, just being able to report on that. Like I use, um, I use Gecko board. Uh, I run a SaaS as well called Savvy and I use Gecko board. Uh, and I get an email every day from Gecko board. And it tells me what my, you know, what this month's and last month's trial to pay it is and what our, you know, what the goal is we're aiming for. So like they're not measuring at all. Um, they make assumptions about the trials desired outcome. And that's sort of reasonable when you're early stage, because before you launch, you got to make a set of assumptions about, you know, what those folks are going to want. Another mistake I, I see made out there is you're not iterating on your your trial to pay flow. Like the market changes, your product changes, the kind of customers you're attracting changes, their needs change. And so treating onboarding like a feature is an important thing to do so that your your onboarding flow really aligns with, you know, what customers want today and not what they wanted six months ago. Too much friction in onboarding. That's a sort of a common thing we've talked about. Um you know, using tools to paper over bad UX, dude, I see that all the time. And that's like, you know, it, it part of it, I think is stems from this idea. I had a conversation with Samuel Hulick about this um, a little while ago, a few months ago. And, you know, he said, uh, one of the mistakes in onboarding is that people think onboarding is not about the in-app experience. They think it's about like drip emails. Um, and so, you know, or papering over it with like, you know, checklists or guides or whatever, like you really need to nail the in-app experience and the checklists and guides can really enhance the experience, but they're, they're definitely not the solution to, you know, to a low conversion, right? I love all, I love, I love, yeah, that gets me, that all gets me to as well. Like a lot of the things you said, but you said, you said something really interesting there around like, you know, you companies should be iterating on the onboarding onboarding is a feature you mentioned. How often do you suggest teams take a look at the onboarding and kind of refresh it like you suggest on a monthly basis quarterly basis or like 
all the time, yeah. just all the time. It sort of depends on the size, to be honest, and like level of resourcing. So, you know, if you have a growth team, you should be running experiments on the regular because there should be people who are focused on that, you know, at least monthly, you should be running it, you know, one experiment. If you're smaller and don't have a dedicated growth team and have to make concrete trade-offs with what you're working on, um, I recommend looking at your trial to paid at least quarterly and understanding what it is. And if it gets, you know, if it's not, um, you don't need to improve it relative to, you know, churn or acquisition or revenue, then leave it be, but at least look at it quarterly. And, you know, ideally you're, you're changing some things every sort of three to six months at, at minimum. I love that. I, I really like club that it's not, you know, another, another thing that gets me is like that ship once and you're done forever. <laughs> like they ship this experience to improve the trial that paid and they don't review it for like three to five years. And to your point, yeah. things change, your customer change, your, you know, your, you, your product changes, you're adding new features to it. And I think that really, you know, gets people need to be looking at that a little bit more often with that. Totally. Totally. I mean, what, what, what have you seen sort of out there in the wild in terms of like, uh, you know, mistakes that folks have made? Yeah, I think those those are ones, you know, I mentioned already the um, just slapping on a product tour. I think that's a classic one. Yeah. <laughs> like it's and, and around around that is I think a lack of focus in terms of of that experience driving users to a, a goal, like you know, to what they're trying yeah. to achieve. So what happens is they just end up pointing every single thing out in that and app and there's a lot like you know, there's the, that lack of hyper focus into like getting users to that first quick win is super, yeah. super gets to me as well. Totally, man. I, I see that. I see that a lot. It's, you know, having been on, on that side, like I get it. I, this is, this is the, so I'm running a company called Savio right now, in addition to consulting. And um, I've started and sold three others and two of them were product led B2B SaaS. And, you know, I get it. Like I've been the product manager of the dev, you know, who's like, we have lots of things that our app can do and we should just get you <laughs> right. to do all of them. And that's just, you know, it's a, it's a recipe for not success. <laughs> that's true. Uh, until you, until you really understand and focus your flow on getting them to quick wins and getting them over the line with, you know, with their desired outcome. I love it. Talking about Savio, um, can, one of the things I, that, uh, that it would be super cool is to see like one of your designs, like how you're thinking through it. Part of this show is to like get into the minds of people who are actually improving uh, the onboarding experiences or UX. And really, is, is it possible for folks to to check out one of your, your experiences? And you know, for people tuning in over the podcast, there is a video version of this, but we'll just walk through this and I'll, you know, I would... I would be able to read some of the stuff here so that we can, uh, uh, people can hear it as well as see it in their mind. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'll, I'll just let a couple things that I do. Um, like when, when companies come to me and say, or folks come to me and say like, so what, what are some best practices when improving UX, you know, to improve trial to paid? Um, we've taken a few of them. So I'll, I'll lay them out and then I'll show them. So like the podcast folks can, can get a feel for them. So like, first of all, there's no quick fix, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, the, the, my sort of first go-tos are um, asking trials why they signed up immediately after they hit the sign up button. So showing them just a text area and asking the question. Um, you can use that information, first of all, to understand what customers expect. You can feed that back into your position on your marketing site, and then you can give them, you can then modify your onboarding flow to give them what they expect. Um, when customers convert, so from trial to paid, asking them why they chose your app instead of another, that really gives you a sense of like what the differentiator is and um, how you can push more customers down the path towards 
uh, you know, what that customer just told you. Um, and a big one I see that like is kind of painful and annoying to do. I actually just did it for, for a client this morning, but it's, um, have they gone through the process step-by-step step and identified, um, friction at each step, like gotten into the head of their customer and said, like, if I was a customer on this page, you know, what are some concerns or questions I would have that would prevent me from, from going, you know, clicking next, uh, and then adding motivators to address them. So motivators could be micro copy, could be a link to a knowledge-based article, could be a, a video, could be a product tour. I mean, there's a whole variety of sort of motivators you can use to get people over the hump. Um, so let me share uh, the existing experience and then I'll share the new experience if that's, uh, if that's okay. We can talk to sort of some of the decisions we made here. So can you see my screen here? Yep. So what are so, your main goals today? Uh, set up a public voting board, organize feedback from your support uh, tool or CRM and something else. Yeah, so some context that Savio helps um, product and, and CS teams uh, centralize their feedback in one place, organize it so they can prioritize it effectively, um, prioritize by things like MRR or plan, uh, and then close the loop with customers when, uh, when they ship features that customers ask for. And so, there could be, a, you know, what what we've learned. We, this used to be just a text area, and the the two most common answers we got were organized feedback from my support tool and set up mm -hmm. a voting board. And so we now have turned those into buttons, uh, so you can push one or the other. Or if you hit something else, which mm -hmm. I just click, you you get a drop down that says, okay, you don't want to do those two things. You know, tell us what what the thing is that you want to do. And so I'll, I'll just take you through the. If you go, if you click set up a public voting board, you're just going to get taken to that experience and just set up your voting board. Um, organize your feedback from your support to a CRM is a little more complicated. So I'm going to click that. And you get taken to a page that shows you tools that Savio integrates with where you may have product feedback that you want to uh, centralize. And so we've got Zendesk, Intercom, Help Scout, you know, Slack, uh, HubSpot, Salesforce, and a bunch of others. And so on this page, this is a, we don't personalize this uh, page today um, based on what you choose, but you can choose, you know, Help Scout, Intercom, and Zendesk. You get a little green check mark beside each one. Um, and right now, this we 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 use this feed to just gather data to understand. Nice. Part of this is like product. So, what integration should we build next? And mm. part of this is um, you know understanding what customers are actually trying to do today. And in the onboarding flow that I'm gonna, I'm going to show you, we actually do customize based on what customers choose here. So, if you hit save, um, <laughs> this is a screen. So um, part of the we noticed that customers were having a bit of a problem earlier on when uh, they would send product feedback to Savio and then they would need to categorize that feedback. Uh, and so like, you know, on screen, you're seeing a product feedback that comes in from somebody saying, hey, do you have a Zapier integration? And so you would assign in Savio, you would assign that product feedback to what we call a feature request called Zapier integration. Um, and so you'd then be able to see the Zapier integration feature requests and all the people who've asked for it along with the product feedback that they've left. But we weren't sure, like there's a bunch of different places where you can do that assignment. You can do the assignment in the tool like Zendesk. You can do the assignment of the product feedback to a feature request in Savio, um, or you can push it to your public users um, who do it on the voting board. And so this is a very sort of specific feature that we were we wanted more feedback on. Like where do people, one, do people understand this concept? It's a little bit confusing. And two, um, you know, where would they want to do it? And so uh, I'll just pick um, this one. We're going to, when we send product feedback to Savio, uh, a teammate will assign it to a feature request in Savio. And so then you get taken to a checklist and the nice. checklist then, then sort of steps you through the key things you need to do in order to get value. And this is 
we, I think we launched this, I want to say it was about a year ago uh, and we're in the middle of a, of a redo. And so we've learned a lot since here and our product has changed substantially. So um, yeah, that's why we, we decided to, to redo it. Um, so that's sort of the old experience, Ramley. Do you have sort of questions or thoughts on this and then we can move on to the, to the newer one? No, I think though there's a lot of best practices there. You're you're figuring out what their goal is, and then you know checklist series is pretty good, and you're gathering data on it to customize the experience later on. So super cool. I'm cool, curious what to see the new one is now, knowing yeah, that this yeah. was uh, was lo looking pretty good in terms. Yeah. So so here's the new one. So if you hit sign up, you're going to get taken to this, and this is still very much a work in progress. So you're going to see you're going to see some rough edges for sure. Um, so what we want to do here is something that's often not done, uh, which is basically tell people why they should do it. So we've got this, you know, this is a placeholder right now, but uh, for those listening, it's a, a YouTube video uh, that we just want to show people, you know, sort of soup to nuts. You know, here's the two minute version of why you're going to do this, what you're going to do, what you're going to get after you jump through these hoops. Um, and so that's one CTA. The other CTA is, is get started, basically. So this is sort of framing up what you get and why you, you know why it's worth going through, you know jumping through these hoops. So the the next screen lists the uh, main uh, integrations that we have: uh, Zendesk, Intercom, Help Scout, uh, etc. And so um, when you click on a button, you get uh, a screen nice. that will yeah. also have some some more like we have a, a YouTube video that talks about tracking product. I just clicked on the Zendesk button, uh, and you're gonna see a video that talks about tracking product feedback from Zendesk. Um, which gives you sort of a soup to nuts experience about you know what you get at the end. Basically, like why is it worth it to go through all the stuff? And then uh, underneath that, we're going to have some you know basically like an FAQ. You know, like um, will be a question: What data do you pull from Zendesk? You know, after I click connect. And so basically, just that's sort of the friction and motivator section on each page. Um, so I'm going to connect Intercom and then go through the. Um, OAuth flow here uh, to connect Savio to Intercom. <laughs> and then um, the next screen is uh, where you pick a tag in Intercom. And when that tag gets applied to a piece of product feedback, uh, that product feedback will be sent to Savio. And this page is a little sparse, but it will also have the same you know, nice. set of FAQs and, and YouTube video or product video that helps you understand you know, what tag to choose you know, what happens when you choose the tag? How do you apply the tag? Who can apply the tag? Do they need Savio accounts? Like basically just answer all those sorts of questions. So I click save. Um, so this is this is a tricky spot, Ramley, and I'd love your feedback on this actually uh, as, a, as a practitioner. Um, so what, what, are, what we wanna do here is like, so the, oper the operating thesis is the most effective way to get people to understand the mental model of your product and the value they get, get them to an aha moment is to actually have them do it in real life. Mm. And so yeah. um, this screen shows two buttons. So one is uh, add the tag that we just chose to an intercom message to send it to Savio and then come back. And then the second is make sure that Savio received your feedback. And so the idea is like, this is the process they're going to be doing all the time, you know, them or their, the rest of their CS team. And so when we hop over to intercom, we click the tag and intercom message. We're going to see, you know, we're in Intercom now. I'm going to apply this tag to a message, and then I'm going to return. Uh, and then I'm going to check, see if my feedback has been received, and it has indeed been received. So thoughts on this experience? Like, put on your 
I'm going to get some free consulting here from you, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Like good, bad, ugly ways we could improve. I mean, sure there, oh, sure. there are ways, but curious. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I think this is, I, you know, one, I, I like how you're getting people like anytime I call it action-based instruction where like you're getting them to do something kind of educating them. Uh, there is super, super interesting. Um, I'm, I'm curious how many people like once you implement this, how many people do do complete it? Uh, and yeah. if we do it, uh, with this, but, uh, yeah, I would, it would say it's a good hypothesis. I, I think they just like, you know, just target, target intercom message, pretty straightforward. And then see that it's making, making, you know, you're making sure that the data is flowing through, uh, all the way, uh, all the way with their own message. I've seen something like Calendly do that as well, where one of the things they do is they try to get you to book a meeting with yourself. <laughs> it's uh, it's nice. one of the first things they do is like, instead of trying to send a Calendly link to a guest or to a prospect or to even your coworker, which, you know, your coworker might laugh at you. You're actually, you know, you're checking to make sure the pipes is working here. So I think it's kind of the similar vein where like, I feel good that it, the things are flowing through and, and Savio is getting that, that, uh, that tag already. And, you know, the, you know, feedback received is, is great. So I think that will be a pretty good hypothesis that's, with this. Yeah. That's interesting. The, I actually like your framing of like, make sure the data is flowing. I feel like that's more effective framing than like go tag product feedback. Uh, cause, cause what you're trying to accomplish is make sure the thing you just did, which is, you know, connect the intercom is actually working. Um, so I, I think I might change this you know, change the copy slightly to reflect that. I, I really like that. Um, sweet. If, I don't know if you're doing consulting now that you're at AppCues, but if you are, <laughs> people, listeners, you should go talk to Ramley. That's uh, awesome. Thank you so much. He'll improve your onboarding. <laughs> um, so the next step here is categorizing your product feedback. So you basically got product feedback. Uh, the, the feedback we tagged is from somebody saying, you have a Salesforce integration. And so we're going to, um, we're going to uh, create a feature request called Salesforce integration. Um, and so you're now assigning this product feedback to um, uh, to uh, uh, Savio feature request. Uh, and again, like on these on these screens, we're missing the YouTube video and FAQ, but we're going to include those as well. Um, we just haven't integrated them yet into the, into the UI. So this one's uh, sort of interesting. Um, so one of the differentiators Savio does is um, when you uh, we give you out of the box ability, the ability to see the total MRR assigned to each feature request and to sort uh, feature requests by, by cumulative MRR, everybody who's asked for that request. Uh, and so in order to do that, we need to know what your MRR attribute is. Um, and so these attributes are pulled in from intercom, um, which is totally not clear here in the UI as, I, as I'm talking to you. Uh, and so I, for, for listeners, I just clicked a list of um, the dropdown list here that shows all the attributes pulled in from intercom. It's one called monthly spend. So I'm gonna choose that and hit uh, select, uh, you know, confirm that that's the MRR property. And so we're sort of done now with onboarding. And so the next step is to go look at your, your list of feature requests. I'm not sure that that's the right next step, but, um, and you can see here, we have a feature request called Salesforce integration with one piece of feedback from the feedback we sent over from intercom. Uh, you know, the account uh, of the person who gave that feedback is worth 750 bucks. If you drill into it, you can see, you know, here's Helen, she spends 750 a month. And here's her product feedback. And then here's a link back to uh, the intercom conversation where she gave the original feedback. So that's our, that's the onboarding flow. That's, if you look at it, notice in the URL, actually, the, um, we're going to have a checklist, you know, on here. We're totally, totally not done with this. There's some more sort of, you know, productory kind of stuff as well. But if you notice in the URL here, uh, we're onboarding slash oh, V4. Nice. So this is the fourth <laughs> okay. rev of onboarding uh, that we have, uh, 
we've done uh, at Savio over the last three years. So nice. Uh, I really like. Yeah. It. I, you know, it's a great it's a great experience. Like it, you know, I I know look, we don't have data yet, but it, from what I've seen, it's uh, getting people to, to you know connect their stuff and check that out and. Um, that that little um, progress indicator as well at the top was like oh I, you know it's only four steps I'm almost there uh, I always love seeing things like that in progress bar I appreciate you sharing that Kareem I, I really do uh, and walking through the thought process I think that's that's the most the most value people will get out of this is like hearing people share like here's why I'm doing this particularly based on uh, you know, this hypothesis and this, this, this conversation with, with customers and this data. So thank, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I always find it useful when people share their thought process. Like I think the world is full of like hand wavy strategic, mm. you should do X and Y and Z. But I, I always find I learn most when I see people like walking through a real concrete problem mm. and hear, you know, why they did Same. what they did uh, and they share learnings. So yeah, no, happy to. It's a little scary. I'm not going to lie to walk you guys <laughs> through like a, a dev version of, of onboarding. That's definitely not, not done, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, totally, man. Cool. Happy to. I want to start wrapping up and, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about different things right now. Uh, if you can give like one piece of advice for anybody who's tuning in, one or two pieces, however many pieces of advice you want to share to people who are tuning in to improve their trial at the paid conversion rate, what kind, what would be your advice to those people who are uh, listening in right now? Yeah, the, the biggest thing to improve your trial to paid conversion rate is to understand why people are converting and why they're not. And in order to do that, uh, it's helpful to understand what they want to accomplish. So I would say, first thing, ask people, you know, what they're hoping to accomplish, what hope, what problem they're hoping your app will solve. For people who don't convert, um, ask, get on the horn, ask them why, give them an Amazon gift card for 15 minutes of their time, send them emails. Like at a previous business, we'd send people three emails asking why they didn't convert. Uh, just, just follow up. We get, we got 40% of our responses on emails two or three. So it was still very much worth doing. Um, and then also ask people why they do convert. So, you know, what is it you're doing right that you want uh, to have more trials do? So those three things uh, I find to be, you know, that, that would be the, the, the thing to do if you're having problems with your trial to pay conversion. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And one final question, where can people find out more about you online uh, as well as where can people find out more about your work? Um, trial to paid, Savio, anything else you want to plug in right now? <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Um, so if you need to track feature quests, uh, and our customer focused company and want to use that customer feedback to drive prioritization, make your users happy, check out savio.io, S-A-V-I-O.io. Uh, if you're looking to improve your trial to pay conversion, uh, visit trialtopay.com. Um, but I've also randomly put together um, a PDF that outlines some bullet points answer bullet point answers to these questions and then also dives into my three-step process. Um, that people can use to improve their onboarding. So if they want to visit trialtopay.com slash appqs, um, there's a landing page there and, and uh, they can they can grab that PDF for them. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Kareem. Appreciate it. For sure. Thanks, Riley. Really.